0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, Caviar
1: Dreamers. I'm Margaret Josephs. And I'm Lexi Babuto. And every week we are bringing you entrepreneur real stories from leaders, disruptors, change makers, and risk takers.
0: We may not be serious, but we seriously mean business.
1: Well, hello, Caviar Dreamers.
0: Hi, Caviar Dreamers and Margaret Mary Katona Josephs.
1: I know. Lexi and Kelly Barbudo. <laughs> I know. I just want to say I'm coming to you with alien style today. Uh-huh. Yeah, my hair is slicked back. I don't have makeup on, but my eyebrows are done. I have my lipstick on and my eyes are very um, extraterrestrial. Yeah, extraterrestrial, very piercing in color because I also I just want to say there's not an ad. If I use those Lumify drops. I, you love a Lumify. I love a Lumify drop because it makes the whites of your eyes very white. Yes. And they're fantastic. And when the whites of your eyes are very white, your eyes look very piercing. So anybody who wants to give a piercing glance or stare, get the Lumify because I'm literally obsessed. obsessed. Not, not, not sponsored. Just put that out You do
0: love the Lumify. I own the Lumify multiple bottles, but I have issues putting my own eye drops in. When something comes towards my eye, my eye naturally closes. I that is so funny. I mean, it's very self protective. You know, it is self protective. Eye in some situations, that's a necessity. You know, you could go blind in the bedroom if you don't close your eyes and things come towards you. That's absolutely
1: true. That's a good reflex to have. I mean, anything if you get squirt in the eye. But I just want to say one thing. I have a very funny eyedrop story, and then we're gonna get right into the nitty gritty of the podcast. (laughs) Uh, one of my first jobs out of FIT, mm-hmm. I had my boss, Donald Schwartz. He's still alive. Uh, loved him very much, but very quirky man. And he also could not put his own eye drops in. And one of my duties was to put his eye drops in because he had a condition where um, he could develop glaucoma. So he had to get these eye drops. in. so I would get into work very early in the morning there by 8 a.m., uh, fully dressed and glammed, unlike I could do these days in my life. <laughs> And my job was to put his eye drops in. Mm. But the funny part about Donald Schwartz was he was also very quirky that when he would get driven in in his Bentley or Rolls Royce, whatever he uh, I think he had a big Rolls Royce at the time by his driver, he didn't like his clothes to get wrinkled. So he would wait for the women in the garment Center to press his clothes. So he would be sitting there in his underwear. Wow. And his shirt. Wow. And no pants because he needed to have his pants, but socks. God, so I would go there. this was a look and I would have to go over to him and basically hold his eye open. He'd be shaking, holding my arm. I, I mean, this was a grown man and it was wow. very, very funny. So I'm very good at putting in people's eye drops who don't want their eye drops done.
0: Wow. You like this it was like a task. Maybe a it was one of my jobs.
1: It was it was a calling for me. Life's so if anybody fun. needs their eye drops put in, you have an issue doing it. I'm very good because listen, I put in my contacts since I was 13 years old. I, I could put anything in my eye.
0: I cannot. I could never have contacts. I'll probably go blind before I have contacts. I can't put anything in my eye. And once Stu Holt, my old boyfriend, thought he lost a contact in his eye, and I loved him very much. And I was like, You could go blind. I can't. I can't. You help. couldn't get it out. Yep. You couldn't get it
1: No. Joe also, uh, Joe also has an issue with putting in eye drops. I had to put in his eye drops. He blinks incessantly. I'm like, stopping a puss. I mean, I don't understand these things. I love to take the gook out of Bella's eye. You know me, I'm a good cleaner. I love to clean the shit out of people's eyes.
0: Ears, I like cleaning ears. Yes,
1: ears is a good thing also. I love to
0: clean ears.
1: I love to get the crust out of people's ears. I would clean my kid's ear incessantly with Q-tips. I love to chase people around the
0: house. I mean, no, you love a good ear cleaning. Oh my, and I've developed Nino to be a freak about the ears. Like if I show him, if there was even one little dot of dirt in his ear, he's like, oh, it's like I showed him the inside of his guts. He's it's, a freak it's out. It's good. I mean, I still,
1: I clean Bella's ears and I clean Joe's ears. I love to clean Joe's ears.
0: Cleanliness to me is next in line to godliness. Like you have to be clean. I agree. Cleanliness and is Yes. And, and Joe
1: somehow develops a decent amount of ear wax. he claims, because he listens to very loud noises and we clean them very frequently. Hmm. But supposedly if you are around a lot of loud noise, your ear develops more wax.
0: Well, that would make sense to block out the noise. It creeps me out.
1: Yeah. It
0: makes me sick, truthfully. Oh,
1: horrible. I I am around a lot of loud noise, but I clean my ears incessantly. I don't think I have any wax in there. No.
0: Not Nothing less. left. Did you do ear candling ever?
1: I did do ear candling. Someone did ear candling for me. But then an, the person who did it did it to another friend of mine. And the uh, ear candle wax got stuck in the <gasps> person's ear. They had to have it basically surgically extracted. Ooh. And it was very bad. So after that, I was not into it. I think that was a phase. Yeah, it had
0: like a hot moment, right? Like everyone was ear candling and then it just disappeared. You know, everything's a fad. A phase, a fad, you know, things come and go. They do. And it's funny, last night, so I wanted to talk about today, talking about fads and phases and what come and go. What defines us? What's important to us? And how do we maintain a balance that keeps us operating, feeling true to ourselves? Because- I feel like at the moment, I'm struggling with balance, yes, in all aspects of my life.
1: I feel the same way,
0: and last night, we actually went to a fabulous event, we went to the DNC, um,
1: um and we did not perform DNCs, which no you know which is, all
0: night th- when they were saying DNC that was all like yes, about. I just want to
1: say a DNC is obviously when the inside of a woman's uterus gets scraped out. We were not performing any of that. I just want everyone to know that. We went to the Democratic National Convention for Pride Month, which was
0: the 24th annual yes, LGBTQ, LGBTQ plus gala, which I will say, gala. VP Kamala Harris, I thought handled the LGBTQ plus acronym. It's so hard to repeatedly say that over and over and get it correct. And she did not miss a beat.
1: She didn't miss a beat. And though I did catch a few people missing beats, they said LGBTQ plus Q. Q. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you caught that tip, which I thought was very cute.
0: Well, our friend Tom says, LGBTqua I actually think Quah. I like that better. I like that LGBTqua.
1: It just makes it easier. Yeah. But anyway, it was the most fantastic evening. I was very excited to attend. And it really spoke to me. Listen, I got teary-eyed many many times. times through the night. And I don't care what political party you are. I don't care what you believe in. But the best way to describe the evening, which was about pride and pride month, it's about equal rights for all so people can feel be their authentic selves and feel safe doing so. And that was the biggest takeaway. Yes. To equal rights, be your authentic self and feel safe doing so.
0: And the fact that when we start taking away one person's rights, we begin to take away everyone's rights. And that's exactly true. And the
1: LGBTQ plus community has faced this
0: Women have facing it. Women have faced
1: this. People of color have faced this. Um, Any minority group, marginalized groups. So many people have faced this. So last night was a very important evening. But, you know, we're not going to focus on that. But I think it made you and I think about a lot of stuff like what what defines you as a person? So many people, I think, think they know what defines them. Yes. You know, I have friends who are like, oh, my God, if I don't go to the gym, you know, it's it's their tight ass that defines them or, you know, their whole life is wrapped around in in minutia. It was, you know, I'm not insulting people like that. You know, I don't want to say that because but what what really defines you? What what makes you be you?
0: Well, it's funny. So on our retreat with Isaac Boots, we just also came back from an amazing retreat at Gurney's with uh, trainer Isaac Boots, who's been on the podcast too. You could listen to Love his him. episode. He's unbelievable. It's an old episode. He's amazing. And this retreat was an amazing group of mainly women. Yes. And gay men. So obviously my it was people, amazing. Women and gay men. And we met a wonderful Hungarian woman named Anita, who is a meditation leader, very spiritual. Um, and we had a conversation at dinner and we were talking about like, what makes people happy, and how people go to her to like try and define like they're very successful in their job and they're very successful in ways, but they don't necessarily know what makes them happy. Yeah, like and they who have no not. inner
1: happiness. Listen, people think it's money that makes you happy, it's the way you look that makes you happy. It's It's none of those things. There is an inner peace and something in life that brings you happiness that I think many people don't attain or understand or or have a purpose. And I think, you know, we're all striving for that.
0: Yes. And the problem I think now is we're fed so much information. So obviously we've talked about compare and despair tons before. There's a lot of compare and despair with other people's lives and what other people are doing. And I think it is hard because sometimes I think people are happy when they have less.
1: I agree. Too much literally is too Complicates
0: much. Complicates the issue and you tread in like you you're like on a treadmill that you can't get off, you know? It's like it, it's a hard, It's feeding the beast. It's feeding the beast. It just gets hungrier. I was so last night obviously I was thinking a lot about like who I am, what I stand for, what's important to me and love, respect, relationships, you know, surrounding myself with with feel good people, supportive people, building community. I think those are things that are incredibly important to me.
1: I I agree with you a thousand percent. I think people see me and think like, oh, you know, I'm not about my family. I'm so about my family. I keep them as I pr- I'm so protective of them. I don't want anyone else to be around them. You know, I don't want them out in the spotlight. I don't want anyone talking about them. Being around my family, having dinners, I entertain in my home so much. I yes. love having people around me. And eating dinner with them, low key, listening to music, just enjoying people's company, having deep conversations, not shallow
0: bullshit. Deep conversations. Yes. That's meaningful something. conversations. If I leave like an event, I think that's why the retreat was also so great. Yes, Isaac, the Isaac Boots retreat
1: was, was very deep. Yes. Everybody met over this torched workout. But this torched workout is deep it's and everybody goes there it's a it's a spiritual it's a weird spiritual thing yeah it's amazing and then afterwards everybody connects and everybody had a different connection and everybody has an interesting story and we are all connected in a different way and I think that's what it is and I think people go through life and feel empty and don't feel happy because we're not connecting we're on our phone we're we're not in the moment And if you ask somebody, like, you know, what makes you happy? I think a lot of people have a hard time answering that.
0: Well, you know the story. i said this millions of times. I went to therapy one particular session and, like, went over the suicide of my dad and didn't cry, you know, because I felt like I've talked about that a million times. And then the one question that made me cry, she said, what makes you happy? And I was like, well... At the time, my husband, my stepkids, my daughter. And she was like, no, 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 no. That's not what makes you happy. Those are things that you, that you do. Like you probably make that, what makes you happy? And I couldn't really answer the question. I could not really answer the question. Some days I still don't think I know. And I think that comes from focusing on the things that you have to achieve and the lack of balance. Like I always struggle with balance. If I'm being a good mom, am I not able to do as much towards my career and in a work setting, like that's always like a hard balance. I love to work out. That's where I really find peace is in like a really hard workout. But if I'm working out, it's like time for myself, but I should be being a mom or working. It's hard to carve that time out. I constantly talk to myself in my head all day about what I shouldn't have eaten guilt myself for eating the wrong things, but then love nothing more than socially being out and doing stuff, but then I eat the wrong things and then I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, God, I hate you, you fucking flabby little I mean, fuck. Oh my God. You look like, so gorgeous. But you're so high in no, my own which is, head. Which is terrible. I hate to hear that. No, it's hard because and you look so night, beautiful. I'm listening to this like amazing, amazing speakers. And I'm like thinking to myself, you self-centered loser. Like, who cares what you look like? Who cares if you, like, can always balance things so perfectly. You have the privilege of freedom and, you know, like, living authentically to who you are and not being judged and being able to, you know, like, act insane and do things and laugh and not fear persecution. And there's so many people going through so much more. So I felt like last night was kind of like a good check where you're like, okay, like get yourself back in the game. Do you know what I mean?
1: No, I absolutely agree. It was very, it was an awakening moment to hear, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize how many people can't live their authentic life. So I think everybody, everybody, should be able to do that. And the people who are fortunate enough to do that without judgment have to stand up for the people who can't precisely right? Who have to stand for the people who can't just because it's everybody has the right to live an authentic life without fear.
0: And I think, and again, not even just to focus it around. Like, no, it's not sexuality, about, no, not about sexuality. It's not about that. Like, like, you know, There's women that don't feel comfortable to be authentic in their marriage. You know what I mean? There's people that maybe have little hobbies that, you know, people might think are geeky. Who knows? Everyone should be free to be me.
1: No, exactly. Everybody's so judgmental. I mean, listen, people think, you know, people could call me judgmental. No, I'm not. I'm not judgmental. I'm opinionated on certain things. But I've been judged about a lot of things. Um, I think people don't see people as human. I think we've taken the human element out of it. Yes. I think we dehumanize people a lot. We don't realize, you know, how damaging that could be. And we attack people um, from behind our computers, from, you know, the media and everything else. And, And I think that's very hard. So I think people don't, we have to make everyone feel comfortable to be their authentic selves. Yes. And I think- you know, it's become a very, the world's become a very rough place.
0: Like you are very self-aware, confident, comfortable in who you are, yes. self-assured. How? How do you do that?
1: Oh my God. I did you know what? I do feel it was helpful because Marge senior, mm-hmm. I grew up with someone who was raised me very self-assured. I was exposed to a lot of different things. Uh, in my life, a lot of different types of people, a lot of diversity,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I think I was always made to believe that, you know, I can achieve anything I want to do. I w- I was brought up with a lot of confidence. I mean, granted, you know, I'm not saying we didn't have issues. I I've uh, spoken publicly about that. You know, i kind of raised her sometimes, but yeah, you know, listen, I've been in therapy. If there's been mm-hmm. issues, I've worked on it myself. I- I've been honest about my. My marriage uh, previously, I loved Jan very much, but I feel like he didn't always want me to be my authentic self. Don't say that. Don't do that. You know, don't let that person know. You know, it was very... um, I think he
0: himself probably felt very judged.
1: I think he probably felt judged. It was like to put on a certain image that's not... um, He didn't want anybody to think he wasn't a flashy guy. That's what he would say. I'm not a flashy guy. Uh, I'm not that out there. I was like, but you married a woman who's so out there. Yes. Like, why did you pick someone like me if you didn't want to be with someone who's so, you know, spontaneous and out yes. there? Yes. You know, don't don't try and change who I am. Love me for who I am. Yes. You know, I can I can understand who you are. I don't expect you to be like me, but don't expect me to be like you, you know? And I yes. think that was what, what we struggled with. And I think that's ultimately, you know, what broke us apart.
0: Yeah. Was for I sure. co- I
1: felt like I I I felt like I couldn't totally be me.
0: Yes, I get that. And it is hard to be authentic in a relationship and like really be yourself. I think sometimes you can totally get overtaken by the person that you're with.
1: Yes, I think you can and I think it's um I think it's a struggle in life in general that you can you know, get overtaken, but I think also is like you have to Stay true to who you are and and what and what brings you happiness. And listen, I think relationships are a compromise. I think everything else. But I think it it takes a long time to develop who you are. And I think you change over the years as well. And and what and what makes you happy and and the person that you become. I think think I'm different. You know, even though people say I'm the same since kindergarten, I knew exactly what I wanted. I, I think you develop as as a person.
0: Yes. I think that's why I don't do well in relationships because I'm not very good at, you know, compromising. I I'm more of a dictator.
1: You're more of a dictator. I listen. I get it. I'm that's bossing. why I'm
0: a better mother than I am wife.
1: I think most people are better. Well, not everyone's a better parent than a spouse. There's a lot of people who are better spouses than parents. I think not but, me. But I think it comes naturally. You're an listen. You're an amazing mother.
0: How much did March Senior tell you she loved you? Because sometimes I think I tell Nino too much. No, there's
1: not too much. There's never too much.
0: I mean, I literally tell him a thousand times and kiss him March all March Senior told body. me a
1: lot. A lot of times. I tell my kids all the time. I tell my, a thousand times a day. My son, therefore, his girlfriend's very happy because he's super affectionate. And yes. he's like, he's such a mushy guy. He tells her. So she loves it.
0: Okay, good. It's funny. Joe
1: told me his parents didn't tell him that much, but Joe tells me a thousand times a day.
0: Yes. Ingrid told me all the time. And she always said, you could do anything you want. You're the best. That's good. That's that? why you
1: have the confidence to do everything.
0: Yes. Yeah. So I, I
1: think building people up is very important. The people that you love. I mean, listen, obviously the people you hate and, you know,
0: tear them right down, tear them right down. That's and what we do. Smack them in the back of the head <laughs> on the way down. We hate them. Kidding. Just kidding. People, we don't promote violence on this show. No, not at all. I feel like I am having a little crisis of like balance, doing everything. We have a lot of balls in the air. Yes.
1: Listen, I feel I feel the same way, too. I don't know if everybody else who listens to us feels that way, but sometimes I feel overwhelmed and I'm like, you know, I always say to Lexi, something's got to give. We have a lot of businesses. We're on a show. We have the podcast. We, we just started a new company. And sometimes I'm like, we're not doing everything 100 percent. It's it's physically impossible.
0: Yes. And it's hard. And like my kid is so little and I'm always and, and, forgetting what's, and everything. what's and
1: what's important to us and what what is important is to be, you know, to me is to be there for a family. My husband's not getting any younger.
0: Yes. And it's so difficult. The best. And this was actually funny. It was camp meet and greet day. And there was a full room of people and the camp director came in to talk to everyone and talk about carpool pickup. And she's like, you know, if you don't let camp know, you know, like when Mrs. Barbudo forgets to tell us that Nina was being picked up by someone else. And Nina was stood there. And then we have to try and track down Mrs. Barbuto because she didn't make the call appropriately. And Nina can't just go home with like Julia, the babysitter, because no one knew Julia was coming. And I stood up and I was like, yeah, I get it. We all get that this is going to happen. We all get Mrs. Barbuto forgets this and sends different people to school every night. We get it. And she's like, no, no, I'm not picking on you. I was like, no, no, this is the most appropriate thing anyone's ever said. Yes, I I know that. And then they were like, well, Mrs. Barbudo forgets that it's swim in the afternoon and sends Nina in his bathing suit." I'm like, "All right, now this is becoming a pattern. Exactly. Like she doesn't forget that bad.
1: I know. Yeah, she doesn't have to stick the knife in. But
0: it is but hard. The I, it is hard. around that is yeah.
1: hard. I think that's what it is. We have to be easier on ourselves because we are spread thin. And I think people are spread thin. You beat yourself up, you feel guilty, but I think we all have to start doing less and focus on being our authentic and what's important to us." And no one's superwoman, superman, or whatever it is.
0: Yes. It's the overscheduling, though. I can't help but to say yes to things. I
1: know. But we said that we had a podcast about this before. It's the art of saying no. And we have to start doing that.
0: I know I suck. I still suck suck. even after the podcast.
1: But let's just say, when do you feel your most authentic self? Because we're going to have to wrap it up that way.
0: When do I feel my most authentic self? Today? I have no answer for you. Really? Yeah, today's a bad day for that. Today's a bad day. I'm overwhelmed in every every sense of the word. So I don't have an answer for that one today.
1: I will say I probably feel my most authentic selves on Sundays, you know, Sunday Mm -hmm. nights. Yeah. When I have you coming over, my mother, my family, everyone's screaming. I have no makeup on. We're ordering dinner. We're cooking dinner and everybody's there just hanging out. Yeah. And then we're going to do like a family movie. Yeah. And then we're just, you know, everybody's chit chatting and everyone's in the house. And that's when I feel my most authentic self. Where I don't have my makeup on. I'm just hanging out and and everyone's just having a good time in my house. That's when I feel my most happy, relaxed, and just like this is the way life's supposed to be. Oh, I could cry about it. That's wow, the way I feel like life's so supposed nice. to be.
0: I think I don't have an authentic self place right now because my whole entire I agree life is very transient. Right it is. Now. I'm like it a little is. gypsy.
1: You, uh, yes, yes. I'm like a
0: little gypsy. Yes, yes.
1: But your home is my. Well. You know, your yes. home. Your home. with yes. us.
0: Yeah, I'm home with you. But everything is a little bit transient right now. So yeah. So you're in a transition phase. I'm in a transition phase. I think that's it. Although now I spoke to Anita about doing the ayahuasca. I was like, she's really kind of sold it to me, but I don't think I'm going to do it because I think then I might be like a mental gypsy because I might lose my mind doing something like that. But yeah, I feel like I'm like, that's why I'm having all these crises of consciousness, but it's good. It's like the, that's the work, right? That you yes. do on a regular basis. So if anyone's going through this at home, where they're like what the fuck is going on with me right now, it's you're doing the work. You're doing the work. You're doing the work. And so this don't, shall so pass. don't feel
1: bad. Yes. Everybody, whoever is listening, write in. Tell me the way you feel your most authentic self. I'm interested. Yeah,
0: I am interested too. Caviar dreamers. Yeah. So
1: I hope I this was like a therapy session. This was like oh, a little therapy was, session. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, because I did. I felt uh, I unleashed and unloaded. So Yeah, keep dreaming, caviar Keep dreamers. dreaming caviar dreamers. Let and just know how you're feeling. Live your authentic, free safe self
0: and stick up for other and people stick up can't. for other
1: people who can't because you know what? Silence is just as guilty.
0: It is. Yeah,
1: it is. So just stand up for what you stand believe up in. for what you believe and in. Be kind. Yes. Thanks. Caviar dreamers. Out, Caviar dreamers. Bye bye.
0: Thanks for listening. And if you love the podcast, don't forget to leave us a five star review at Apple podcasts. Follow me at the real Margaret Josephs. And me at the life of Mrs. B. And the podcast at Caviar Dreams Tuna Fish Budget.
1: Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes. Keep, Keep dreaming, dreaming, Caviar, Caviar Dreamers. Dreamers.